Today the Lord gives us very practical advice on how to address problems in the body, in the church. Divisions, disagreements, offenses, how to reconcile so that there can be unity, harmony, and peace in the church. And that is because the church is meant to be unified and peaceful and harmonious. It's meant to reflect God's own essence, which is a perfect communion of three persons, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the church, which is the kingdom of God on earth, while we're on our pilgrimage to the final kingdom, of course, heaven, where everything is perfectly peaceful, perfectly unified, we see all sorts of division and um, anger and violence in the world. But the church is meant to be this beacon of hope that it's possible for human beings to reflect God and his love by being in perfect communion. Um, And so Jesus' words today are against any sort of impulse towards individualism on our part, which I know as a culture we can tend towards, is that, like, that's none of my business, you know? If somebody uh, offends you, you know, we're taught from a young age, just ignore the bully, you know? Like, uh, it's not your problem, it's not your business, and that's good practical advice. But when it comes to the, the church, the opposite of love is not hatred, it's indifference. It's just saying, well, who cares, right? And Ezekiel in the first reading is uh, through the voice of God saying, you know, if somebody is sinning, it's on you to correct him or her. Because if they die in their sins, not only is it going to be their fault, but God's going to hold you responsible as well. Because we're used to thinking like, well, in terms of my relationship with God, it's kind of my business. It's, I'm on for my own salvation, you're on for your own salvation. I remember I once did a survey while I was in a parish of why a lot of people don't go to confession. So many Catholics haven't been to confession in, in years. And I was just curious because I would sit in the confessional every week um, and very few people would come or the same people would come. And I just wanted to know why. Was it because they were afraid or didn't know what to say or didn't think they had sinned or, or whatever? And the number one reason which surprised me for Catholics was I don't need to confess my sins to a priest I can just go straight to God. Which, of course, all of us, because we're baptized, can talk to God. We can ask God directly for favors, for forgiveness. That's what prayer is. But as Catholics, we also understand that our salvation is mediated. In other words, God doesn't just address each individual in particular, but he, he gives his grace through other people. You know, you meet Christ in your neighbor, in the poor, in the hungry, Um, We meet Christ in the sacraments, in in the Eucharist. So why should it surprise us that the forgiveness of our sins has to come through a mediated voice, that we need to hear a human being authorized by God tell us, you're forgiven, right? And also, our sin doesn't just affect us or God. When we sin, we, we may know it or may not know it, that our sin affects the whole church, the whole community, And so I have to be reconciled, not just to God, but to the church. And so any sort of voice of individualism or indifference that it'd be better if I just left well enough alone. You know, we see, you know, cycles of drama coming up in our families or our communities or our places of work or even in the country, our city, our world. Just cycles of dysfunctional human communal behavior that it's not my problem. Jesus says, no, it's your problem. It's your responsibility to, to correct it, to go at it. But how? A friend sent me a, a very helpful kind of infographic the other day 
of what's called the drama triangle. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but I think it's very, it's been very descriptive of, of things that I've seen in my life and communities I've been in myself or ones that I see from the outside. That the drama triangle has three points, obviously. The persecutor, the victim, and the rescuer. So if you've ever been part of some drama in your friend group or your family or whatever, think of these roles. That There's always somebody who's kind of the bully, who's the persecutor. There's the person who feels aggrieved, the victim of that persecution. And then usually one or both of those people will try to suck in a third person, the rescuer, the one who tries to make everybody feel okay. And you need all three of those people to keep this cycle going. And often you'll, you'll move from persecutor back to victim, you know. Like you'll do something mean to somebody else and then they'll do something mean back to you and then you're like, why did you do that? And you play the victim, you know, and then you're calling other people in and trying to like tell them, can you believe what this person did to me? And this third person feels like, I got to make it all better, like to keep our friend group together and they take sides and it's just this horrible, dysfunctional thing that just tears up the bonds that bind people together. Um, And it drains your energy and, and, uh, tears people down individually, makes you depressed and sad. Um, so what's the way out of that, that drama triangle? Um, the second, the redeemed form of that, what Christ is, is telling us what to do today in the gospel, to, to directly address the person who's offended you, to do it in love and charity and truth, is these three munera or gifts of Christ, the three roles that Christ plays that we're all called to play too, which are priest, prophet, and king. The, the prophet is like the persecutor. Often the persecutor needs to be right. That's the person who comes in and just starts bullying people around because I know what's best. Um, and they don't care about people's feelings or, or who this might affect, the fact that I'm doing this or saying this. That the redeemed version of the bully is the prophet, the, the one who speaks the truth in love, no matter what the consequences, whether people accept or reject the truth, you speak it in love. The victim is not the person who wallows in self-pity and tries to draw other people into the drama. The victim, the redeemed form of the victim is the priest. The priest is the person who offers sacrifice. Jesus dies on the cross as a victim, but not with a victim mentality. He says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down freely. That, that upends the cycle of drama when, when somebody is willing to take responsibility for the offender that's the, I, that's the kind of difficult thing about this teaching today. Is Jesus is saying, if someone offends you, go to them. Right? Take responsibility for the person who's hurt you. That's everything in our nature wants to say, forget that person. I don't want to have anything to do with them. But Jesus says, no, it's, it's your responsibility to pray for them, to intercede for them, to correct them. Not in a self-righteous way, but to offer your suffering, your sacrifice for that other person, to draw you back into community. And then finally, the, the rescuer, the person who usually is the one who is a people pleaser, likes to feel good, likes everybody to just get along, no matter whether there's this undercurrent of drama and anger and resentment. The king is the person who's, who, who organizes the body, who, who is willing to take responsibility for fostering peace and harmony, harmony and unity, whether or not that means um, suffering by addressing difficult problems. Um, by calling a, a spade a spade, by saying that this is dysfunctional and we need to do something about it. Again, the opposite of love is not hatred. It's not violence. It's indifference. To just allow these things to fester, which we see in small groups, our families, our friend groups, and we see in large groups, our city, our nation, our world. 
that this dysfunctional human community is being redeemed from within by the church, by the mediated grace of God. And I'll finish with this. When Jesus says, um, if two of you agree about anything on earth, what he's saying, and, and he says the Father will, will give you whatever you ask for. That verb in Greek, to agree, is symphoneo, which of course we get the word symphony from that. To agree is not just to like have the same opinion, but to be in symphony with your brothers and sisters, to have one voice, one heart. That's what the church is supposed to do, is to reflect God's communion by having one heart, one voice. And why, to me, it's kind of sad, like in church, because of COVID right now, we can't sing. But the liturgy is meant to be when we sing and chant the praises of God through, with, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God the Father. We sing that amen together to say, we are not all the way there yet. Right? We haven't been totally reconciled. There's still these dysfunctional, dramatic elements in our, in our communities that need to be addressed. But... This is the place of healing. This is where we become what we receive, the body of Christ, integrated, whole, unified, and peaceful. And it's where we manifest that, we fulfill that call to be God's reflection of his love on earth.